All right. Good morning, everybody. How we doing in 2022? Amen. Happy New Year to you this morning. Praise God. Got a lot of people still out of town for the New Year's holiday and all that great stuff. But praise God, we are going to have an awesome time together. And I got to start the year off with a great dad joke. I haven't seen you all since last year. Come on. Hey, some one. there's going to be at least one dad in the building tell that joke today, so I figured I would just do it for you. Amen. Well, we are excited about the new year. This is going to be the absolute best year that you have ever had in your entire life yet in the name of Jesus. Who believes that today? Yes. All right. Well, we believe that by faith. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and start off this service just like we did every service in 2021 by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we believe that America is coming to Jesus no matter what anybody else says. Amen. Let's stand up together this morning. Praise God. And we are going to speak these words by faith in Jesus' mighty name. Who knows that there is power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's say this. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah. All right, well, we're going to take a couple minutes here like we always do and have a minute of meet and greet time. And so we're going to go around, give some handshakes. If you want a hug, then get a hug. And if you're like, hey, I don't want anybody in my bubble right now, that's fine too. You just kind of wave them off and we will respect your personal space. But if not, we're probably coming in for a hug, all right? So we love you. Let's go say hey to everybody. Come on.
quieren hasta mí. I'm after, I'm after your spirit. and then you put a microphone in my hand and I get scared. Anyway, so we thought you would enjoy remembering 2021. Now, lots of us don't like to remember 2020, but Jesus did some cool stuff. So we're going to watch our year in review, and then we'll give you some more information about what we're doing this year. Sound good? Okay, praise the Lord.
make you want to hook up more than ever before. I don't know how to help you. But this family is full of Jesus and full of help, hope, and healing. I am so grateful for all of you. So grateful. And I know, like, we watched that video, and you probably don't tear up like I do. But I do, man. I just love you guys, and I'm just so grateful to have a family that we can have fun with. We can come here and worship Jesus, but we can have a good time in doing it. And on those tough days, in those tough moments, because last year and the year before, there were tough moments. But we were able to do it together. We were able to pray for each other. We were able to build each other up. And that's what it's all about, right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, just a few announcements for you. In case you didn't get a paper when you came in, we're trying out bulletins again. So just do me a favor because it'll help me. If you liked the bulletin, can you raise your hand? Okay, all right. If you didn't get a bulletin, raise your hand. Okay, all right. Well, it's less than the people who said they liked it. All right. You know, half of us are like, go paperless only. Paperless forever. And then some of us like papers on our fridge. So I'm just testing you to see. We'll we'll do a bulletin again. So there's a bulletin. And I think the ushers are headed to get some for those of you who who didn't get one. Um, And if you did not get a calendar, stop by the info booth on your way out. And you can snag a calendar for this year if you didn't get one already. Also, little pink papers and little bookmarks. If you did not get one of these bookmarks, you stop and give Miss P a hug and she'll give you one. Um, This is our theme verse for the year. And you know that from your calendars already. But make sure you get a theme verse to keep in your Bible for this year. And this is our little bookmark for women's meeting. So this you can put on your fridge or the dash of your car. Not this Friday. But the next Friday, so second Friday of every month is a women's meeting. Um, you are going to have a salad bar. So you bring a salad or some toppings for your salad um, and desserts. Don't forget the desserts. And we will have a women's meeting January 14th at 630 in Victory Hall. Also, moms and wives, are you ready for a night out? You just nod at me. So women's meeting is wonderful. We all get together there. And then those of you with children or husbands, we have another thing for you. Okay. So women's, uh, young wives and moms, young wives and moms is going to be January 22nd at 11 a.m. at Jenny's. No children. It's mommy time. So if you need help with finding a way to get some mommy time, you stop and you talk to one of us and we will help you. We got sitters all over the place. We have a great youth ministry. And they're all trained in children's church, so we will help you. So mommy time, January 22nd at 11 a.m. at Jenny's. And if you watched that video and thought, gee, I need to be more connected, membership class is coming again. So if you are not a member yet, let me clarify a couple of things. Used to, people would ask us, well, do you have dues? We don't have dues. This is not a union. Secondly, membership does not mean that you are in a club. It just means that you know what we believe and you're part of the family, okay? So come and learn what we believe and have some snacks. And then you can decide if you want to be a member or not. But I'm telling you, membership is great. So it's going to be January 23rd at 4 o'clock. Are you going to pass? Okay. And Joel will pass that out to you. And it will also be... (laughs) 
We love that kid. He lives at my house. Eats my food. Helps clean. Anyway, we love you, kid. Um, So membership class um, is coming around. If you don't see it before the end of worship, then stop by the info booth and you can sign up there as well. But it'll be 4 to 7 o'clock. And if you feel like you need some individual time with Pastor Dave, that's your chance right there. So he will be teaching membership class for you 4 to 7 o'clock on January 23rd. Now, if you're with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, wave at me. We have a gift for you. Okay, I think I got nobody. Okay, Nick, you belong here. And those of you who didn't wave at me, you belong here too. Praise the Lord. Okay, Miss P has got us handled for happy time. Woohoo, happy time. All right, good morning, everybody. Hallelujah. I want to make another announcement about our women's meeting this month. The topic is going to be help for young mothers. So, but that doesn't mean that if you're an old mother or a grandmother that you shouldn't come because we may need your input. Amen. Because we want to be able to help out all these young moms and stuff with the season of their life that they're going through being a young mother. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Well, if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand. Our ushers will be more than happy to serve you. Our verse for today is Leviticus 2730. It's short and sweet, but boy, is it to the point. It says... And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So if our tithes and our givings are holy to the Lord, that needs to be holy to us as well. That's the attitude that we need to have about that. How many of you are familiar with our financial faith confession that we say at the end of every every time, like three times a week? Okay, you're, you're all you're not familiar with the financial faith confession, although you say it every week. Who is familiar with the financial faith confession that we say every time we... Thank you. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you want the Lord to rebuke the devourer for you, Satan, if he shows up at your door? How many of you? This is a question I want you to answer. Okay. How many of you want to fight the battle on your own, just you and the devil? Or do you want God's help? Okay, so you want God's help. So how many of you can imagine, just imagine this, the Lord opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out a blessing on you that you don't even have room enough to receive? How many of you want that? Anybody? I want to see your hands. Nobody wants blessed. Okay, you want blessed? Okay. How many of you are willing to do what it takes to receive these two things from the Lord? Are you willing to do that? Okay, hallelujah. How many of you are obedient enough to put some action to that and be doers of the word? In other words, you want to be a tither. You know, study Malachi chapter 3 for yourself, starting in verse 3. It talks about robbing God. And then it goes on to say, well, why? where have we robbed you? And he returns and he says in tithes and offerings. But he goes on to say that if you are a tither and that, and if you give offerings on top of that, a tither is 10% of your gross income, in case you, you, you wonder about that. You may go, oh, my gosh. But I tell you what, 10% of your gross in, income for the Lord to rebuke the devourer for your sake, off your health, off your finances, off your home, off your kids, off anything, is well worth it. Amen. I've been tithers for ever, meaning forever. 
okay? And I promise you, it works. It definitely works. And you wouldn't, ca- you wouldn't catch me dead without being a tither. That's just the way it is in my life. You know why? Because when Pastor Dave waved at everybody, Pastor Dave, when he was three and a half years old, you know the story, he was stricken with leukemia. The verse that we stood on, besides our healing verses, was, Lord, the devil's trying to steal the life of our son. We're tithers. You rebuke the devourer for our sakes. And he did. In, ten week, in two weeks, miracle, this boy was completely healed. Why? Because we were obedient to do what the Lord had told us to do. It's, it's basic Christianity. Christianity 101 is to be a tither, amen, and a giver. And we have always been that. And when we needed to call on the Lord to keep our son from being killed, to keep us from having to go to a grave of a three-and-a-half-year-old for the rest of our lives, God stepped in because we did what he told us to do. Amen. I'm telling you what, you can take it to the bank. I want to ask you a couple other questions about our financial faith confession. How many of you, since you started saying the financial faith confessions, have received jobs, better jobs, or promotions? Jobs, better jobs, or promotions. Wow. See, it pays to say the financial faith confession, too. Amen. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do say the financial faith confession. You can stand up. Hallelujah. This is good stuff. Amen. We're going to teach you how to live a victorious Christian life. That's what we do here. We don't like you to lose. Amen. All right. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Feel free to join us at the altar as we sing today. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that we're supposed to keep our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. So we're going to sing about that this morning. I give you my attention, all my focus, pushing off these limits. In this moment, I feel your spirit moving all around me. Come and have your way. I'm looking at these dry bones, you're reviving. This faith inside of my soul, you're igniting. You're calling me to levels that are higher. I can see your face. And when I set my eyes on you, everything else fades. When I look your way, everything else fades. When I look your way. To 
Let's sing together. I am holding 
to heaven this morning. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you that you have always been faithful, Lord. You will always be faithful to us in the future, Lord. And I pray that we would be faithful to you, God. This is a two-way relationship here, Lord. We want to be faithful to you. We want to honor you. We thank you and we love you, Jesus. You are good and your mercy endures forever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. As we were singing there, I was, I know we just got kind of through Christmas, but I'm already preparing for next Christmas. And so I was looking at Luke chapter one and, and just a couple of verses that, uh, that really stuck out to me. Luke one verse 37, the angel had appeared to Mary, this teenage girl and said, Hey, no pressure, but we need you to give birth to the savior of the entire world. And I love it because uh, she says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. This teenage girl said, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And that wasn't just true for her. That's true for you. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. Now, hey, there's a lot of things in this world that are impossible. But we're talking about with God. Nothing shall be impossible. Then I love verse 38. The angel had said all these things. And the wisdom of this young girl, she says, be it unto me according to thy word. And what she was saying is, hey, let the word of God be true in my life. And I'm telling you this morning that the word of God will be true in your life if you'll submit to him. And that's what she did. And so with God, nothing shall be impossible. And I pray that every one of us could say the same words that she said, be it unto me according to thy word. Amen. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the greatest gift that we could have ever received, your precious son. Lord, how he came and, and exchanged his perfect, wonderful, incredible life 
for our lives that weren't so perfect and weren't so incredible. We could never thank you enough for that. And Lord, I pray that you'll speak to us today. And I say, hey, be it unto us according to thy word. May your word have free course today, God. And I pray that we will hear the truth, Lord, not what we want to hear, but we will hear the truth from your word. And if that rubs us the wrong way, if that roughs us up a little bit, hey, even better, because we want to change to be more like you. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Could somebody give Jesus some praise today? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, you can make your way to your seats this morning. Praise the Lord. God is so good to us. And uh, I'm excited for a brand new year. And as you saw in the video there, I mean, 2020 and 2021 have by far been the best years of my life and the best years of our of our ministry here. And I'm, I'm just so thankful uh, that that being uh, obedient to the word of God, it pays off in your life. And I know that in 2020, when we were at a place where uh, the government said, hey, you got to shut the churches down again. We just said, you know what? Not this time. We did. We gave you. We gave you two months, but we're not giving you any more time. And so, Amen. So uh, for the rest of the whole time, we just decided to stay open, even though you know lots of places did not. And I was just thinking back the other day. It all seems like so far ago, but you know it was really just a year ago. And. Uh, and I remember like, hey, well, should we continue to live stream our services or maybe should we just pre-record something so, you know, we don't get in trouble? And we were like, you know what? Forget it. We're just going to hit the live button and whatever happens, happens. And so we went live and we never, uh, you know, we never uh, gave in to the fear. And yeah, hey, we even got a letter from the county saying somebody reported you, you're in violation. If you don't stop, you could face fines up to, I forget what it was, like $4,000 per infraction. I'm like, sweet, man. Hey, you know what? We are not going to shut up the word of God. People need Jesus more than ever, and I'm not going to shut the door on that. People need to be around other Christians more than they ever have before. Amen. And so I'm thankful for the live stream. We've got a lot of people that, you know, are able to participate in that way and stuff like that. But nothing beats gathering together in the name of Jesus. Amen. Last week we looked at a verse in Matthew chapter 18, and Jesus said, where two or more are gathered together in my name. I'm there in the midst of them. Amen. And he said, you could ask for anything in my name and I will do it. And so there is something powerful about gathering together with other believers and it pays dividends and God will bless that. Amen. All right. Well, praise God. That's just a little bit of a uh, random stuff there, but the title today of the message is this as for me, and my house. We're going to be starting a series over the next few weeks talking about as for me and my house, what? We will serve the Lord. Amen. And so that's our theme verse for 2022. And really, I'm waiting till next week to kind of do the big kickoff and roll out because, uh, hey, uh, the very first Sunday of the year, it would make sense to just really lay all it up, lay it all out there right then. But I'm like, so many people are still sleeping in from whatever they did, you know, <laughs> holy things. They were holy things. I know that, but, uh, people are still, uh, you know, recovering from the holidays. So I'm like, I'm going to give you a little taste of it today. And then next Sunday, really just lay it all out there. But, uh, the biggest thing that I could say is this right now is that we have a burden and we have a heart for families. 
at High Desert Word Center. Uh, uh, that, that, that's, that's really what our, our, our big thing is. I want to see healing for families uh, in our community and, of course, all over the world. But praise God, I'm called to Barstow. So uh, what I'm talking about is I don't want to see any more marriages split up. I want to see people make it. I don't want to see any more kids having to uh, worry about home life not being safe for them. I want home to be a sanctuary of peace and joy and love. I want your house to be the next closest thing to heaven on earth. Amen. And and so that that is just in a nutshell, so much of what our heart is. I want to see healthy marriages. I want to see healthy children, healthy parents. I want to see the Christian home be the epicenter of what God is doing in our community and in our, and in our nation. And so kind of to rewind a little bit, and I'll probably repeat some of this next week, but you know, earlier this year, I saw one of our fellow pastors in town retire, love the man, just an absolute icon and pillar of the community, great friend ever since I've lived in Barstow. And so I'm sitting there kind of sad about, man, he's retiring, he's moving. And, and I'm like, he filled, he, he had such a specific calling to one certain area of the community. And I'm like, who's going to fill that void now? And I started to, as I'm just uh, thinking about all this, I'm like, he was so good in this specific area. It was his calling, and it was his church's calling. And then I start thinking about uh, the different needs of Barstow. We we've got we've got a, a need to help the homeless, right? And and so uh, that's not our specific calling. But what do we do? We send money and supplies to different churches that do that every month because I believe in that cause. I just know that that's not our specific target. We believe in helping the addicted, and so. We do everything we can on this end, but I know that there's some churches that's their target and calling. So what do we do? We send prayers and we send money to those churches. Another great need in Barstow is to have our own Wendy's. We don't have one. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to make that happen, but just be in agreement. We need a Wendy's. It's been too long, all right? Another need that Barstow has, though, is this, is we have a need to see some healthy families that are not all tore apart and just as bad off as the rest of the unsaved world is. And that's where our specific calling lies, is to bring healing and restoration to families. And so if you have a family, we want to make it healthy and whole. And if you don't have a family, we want to become your family. We want to be that family for you. And that's that's our heart and that's our target. And maybe you do or don't know what our church mission statement is, but our mission statement is we are a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. And so we're we're going hardcore at this in 2022. There's lots of plans and lots of things in the works, but I want to see families brought together and healed. I want to see marriages make it. I want to see moms and dads that aren't married. I want to do your wedding this year. Let me do that for you. Amen. Could I do your wedding this year? I want to see you get married. And and praise God, I've already you know got some in the works, but we want to see you get married because you can have the blessing of God on your life when you're doing things his way. So this is the year that we're going to see families in the name of Jesus begin to get healing. And can you imagine what that would do to a community? 
if you've got, even if this time next year, if we had 100 additional healthy Christian households in Barstow, think of what that could do. Think of, multiply that 10 years from now, if you've got another 1,000 healthy Christian families in a community, what would that do? It would change the whole landscape of what you're looking at. I believe strongly in the Christian family. And so let me introduce you to our theme verse for 2022. Could you open this morning to Joshua chapter 24? Amen. Joshua chapter 24, and we're going to look at uh, verse 15. And so as I said, today's just a little bit of a introduction to where we'll head in the next couple of weeks and over the course of the whole year. But we are a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. Thank you. Joshua 24, yeah, and verse 15, and I'm in the New King James here. And Joshua, this is towards the end of his life, and he's speaking to all of these uh, these people that had grown up in, uh, in, in Israel, and they'd seen a lot of things. They'd seen miracles. They'd seen God do just absolutely incredible things. But that's like so many people today. They've heard the stories their grandma told about Jesus. They even experienced things earlier on. But as you go on in life, you've got to make a decision about what you are going to do about your faith and what you're going to do about Jesus. You have to decide for yourself. And I've said it a lot of times, but God has no grandchildren. We're either a child of God or not, but you're not getting into heaven off of your grandma's faith. You're going to have to get there because you chose to receive Jesus for yourself. So Joshua 24, 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell now. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And amen. And, and so what's Joshua saying? He's like, you've got a lot of choices. You don't have to serve the Lord God of heaven. You could serve the gods, the false gods that your ancestors served on the other side of the river. You could serve the false gods that the Amorites serve right here. So I could say, hey, choose for yourself who you're going to serve. You want to choose, you're going to serve the false god of money that the rest of America serves? You want to chase the false god of entertainment? of pleasure, of lust that the rest of America serves. I don't, you do, you do what you're going to do, but we've made our decision. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I can't choose to make your family serve the Lord, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that's what Joshua as an old man was telling all these people. And so what I'm going to do today is break down this verse into just two parts and then uh, we'll continue on in the coming weeks. But there's a couple of heavy-hitting things right here that Joshua said that I believe need to be discussed, all right? And so let's get into this. Number one, you need to know this. Uh, according to Joshua here, it seems evil to the world around us to serve the Lord. It does. To the world around us, the things that we do to them to, I'm, you know, some people are kind of neutral on it. You know, hey, you do the church thing, whatever. But I'm telling you right now, mark my words, there are some people in this world that think your Christian Bible beliefs are just straight bad. They're evil. They're mean. They're hateful. But it's the word of God. And so what am I going to do? Am I going to submit 
to what everybody else says I should believe, or am I going to submit to the word of God, which healed me of cancer when I was three? That, that restored my marriage, that, that I look around this room and I see people that used to be alcoholics that are sitting here and they're an actual dad today. They're not laying out in the ditch, uh, ditching their family somewhere. Do I want that or am I going to submit to what all these people that hate me say I should believe? I'm going with Jesus 10 times out of 10. Amen. And so let's look at something here. Isaiah chapter 5, verses 18 through 24. And I promise you that our topic is families. And uh, there's some things in scripture here that we need to see. Isaiah chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 18 through 24. Who is glad that they're starting off their new year in church? I'm good with that, man. I'm good with it. That's exactly how I want to start the year. That's how I want to end the year. That's how I want to live the year. In the house of God, with the people of God, with the word of God. So Isaiah chapter 5, and we're going to look here at verses 18 through 24. Now what we've got here is a heavy dose of truth. Now I personally like verses that are warm and fuzzy and make me feel really good on the inside. And that's, you know, what I tend to just really enjoy. But at the same time, hey... There's a hard hit, and this is straight-up truth from God's Word, and Isaiah nailed it, man. Isaiah just absolutely nailed this, and I'll show you how this has to do with families. But Isaiah chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 24 in the NLT. It says, What sorrow for those who drag their sins behind them with ropes made of lies. How does this sound very inspirational? <laughs> You want to put that on a Christian t-shirt somewhere? What sorrow for those? No, I mean, they wouldn't sell very many of those t-shirts. But it says, who drag wickedness behind them like a cart. They even mock God and say, hey, hurry up and do something. We want to see what you can do. Let the Holy One of Israel carry out his plan, for we want to know what it is. Man, I hear mocking, scoffing voices like that in 2021 and 2022. Oh, really? This is so wrong? Well, hurry up, God. Strike us with lightning. Do something about it. If this is so bad, why hasn't anything happened? Beware of a false sense of security. Just telling you that right now. Here's the line. Well, I'll just cross it a little bit and see what happens. Watch out. Do not mock God. God will not be mocked according to Galatians chapter 6. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap, all right? And if you go sowing bad seeds and mocking and scoffing and taunting God, you'll get away with it for a minute. It'll catch up to you eventually. Thank God he's rich in love and slow to anger. God's first op, plan A for God is not to just smack you and wipe you out, even if you're mocking him and figuratively giving him the bird. He wants to, he loves you even if you're nasty to him. He'd give you as much time as he can. But there does come a point in time where, hey, something's got to happen. And so these people are taunting, hey, we want to know what your plan is, God. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. Man, this just sounds like so many people that we see in our day and age, man. They're so clever, but look at this. What sorrow for those who are heroes at drinking wine and boast about all the alcohol they can hold. 
I mean, why is that even in the Bible? You know, and, and, and I read that verse, and that reminds me, I know some just real genius people that they boast about all, and all I see when you brag to me about how much you can drink, all I, I don't want to tell you what I, what picture comes to mind because it's mean, but I, all I see is, you know, doofus written across your forehead. You want to brag about that? Seriously? You want to brag about that? And I, I still don't get it. People have even been in church and, and say, man, I don't do it no more, but I'll tell you what, back in my day, woo, I could put some down. Like, why, why would you want to brag about that? My God, I know what danger that this does to people. I come from a long line of alcoholics, and it ain't pretty. It has destroyed generations of the samples family. I hate this stuff because I see what it does. And so it says that there are people that they want to, Boast about being a hero. Boast about just being like, oh, yeah, about all the wine and alcohol they can hold. Come on, man. How about boast about, hey, I'm raising my kids in the ways of God. And alcohol dang near destroyed my life, but it's not going to touch my children. That's something to talk about. Protect your kids so they don't have to go through it. Anyway, we'll just move on here. Uh, Verse 23, they take bribes to let the wicked go free, and then they punish the innocent. Therefore, just as fire licks up stubble and dry grass shrivels in the flame, so their roots will rot and their flowers wither. I'm going to get into the point here. For they have rejected the law of the Lord of heaven's armies. Look at this. They have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. All the things we just saw there, all the nasty, negative things we just saw, it all is summed up in this line right here. Why do people act like that? Why do people hate what you believe in? Why do people drag their their shameful things behind them and celebrate it in the streets? Why? Because they have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. And I'm telling you right now that things that have always been considered wrong and shameful are now celebrated. You don't have to say amen right now. It's okay. I'm good. I didn't. (laughs) Things that were always known to be right and moral and holy. Now those are considered to be wrong and backwards and shameful and, and, and all this stuff. And I'm just telling you, in the end times, we've reversed things. Well, what does that have to do with families? I didn't come to hear about that. I came to hear about family. This has everything to do with you and your family. Because I'm seeing more and more Christians cave and bow to the pressures of society. And what we have on our hands right now is a generation of Christians that only believe part of the Bible's true. I just I just quoted Luke 137, for with God nothing shall be impossible. You can't find a Christian in the world that won't jump out of their seat. Woo! Yeah, I love that. Sorry if I just woke you up. If you were asleep, no, you're awake. But I can quote that verse, and I can get a Baptist to do cartwheels. Come on, listen. (laughs) But then you say something like this. Isaiah chapter 5 is just as much the word of God as Luke 137 is. But the excitement's not there. Why? Because what we have molded our families and society into is, only believing the parts of the Bible that line up with us. You're not called to change the Bible. The Bible's called to change you. And what's it doing? 
It is screwing up our families because if I can only trust bits and pieces of this, if I'm chipping away at the foundation of God's word, well, take this part out. I mean, it, yes, kids, it says that, but come on. Hey, this is 2022. Really? We'll just ignore that part. Okay. Well, then what happens when another part of the Bible doesn't agree with our life? Well, then we'll just kind of ignore that part too until you're just down to a bare minimum. Do not chip away at the authority of God's word. That's a dangerous spot to be in. Because listen, if you chip away at this part and that part, when your kids get older and somebody's sick, and I say the word of God says that by Jesus' wounds, you have been healed. It says that God wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. It's really hard to convince that kid that was taught his whole life, well, that's a good book, but you can only believe bits and pieces of it. When I say, hey, God wants you healed. It is not God's will for you to die of cancer. Well, I don't know, man. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. Listen, don't screw around with the integrity of God's word. Every bit of it's true, even the parts that you don't agree with, it's true and you're wrong. I come across things that I'm like, oh, why did it say that? Why did it have to say that? That means I'm wrong on something. And guess what? I can choose to elevate myself and my own lofty experiences above God's word. Or I can say, hey, Pastor Dave, you are wrong and you better change. And God's word's not going to change. So you're going to have to. So anyway, we're getting somewhere. Amen. Who's with? Are you still with me? Have I lost you today? All right. I just, I want to, I'm here to help. I'm not here to hurt. I'm here to help. But one thing that I see as being destructive to families in our modern time, even Christian families, is chipping away at the integrity of God's word. And and when you give Satan an inch, he takes another inch and another inch, and he keeps moving the line until eventually you're just way out there. Way out there. And, uh, and, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this. The line keeps getting moved on so many different things. And, and, and as, a lot of it's because Christians, they won't stand up for what's right. Because they're afraid of being called something or whatever. I mean, again, I'm going to say something people think I'm mean, but hey, I'm just telling the truth. I was watching the sports stuff this week. The top college female swimmer right now is a dude. And you look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, this guy is shattering every women's swimming record ever. And so I, I was watching this like, well, let's see how good this person is. And I saw, like, I was watching this race on online. And I'm like, okay, man, he just crushed this girl by five seconds. And I'm like, wait, hold on, wait. He didn't win by five seconds. He, he finished the race. He had lapped the second-place swimmer two times. And then I say that, like, men are men, women are women, and there's a difference, and I'm not going to call you some weird thing because you think I should because then we'd both be wrong. I say something like that. I say something, and then some people look at you like you're crazy. What? I was looking through old Instagram posts last night because, hey, I had time on my hands, okay? And I ran out of every good Hallmark movie that they produced this year. So don't judge, only love. And so we're scrolling through these, and I come across this post from quarantine last year, and I forgot all about it. But one day, you know, we'd been in the house for what seemed like months on house arrest. And I come across my son, Sam, and he's got some headphones on and he's like rocking out. I'm like, who gave him headphones? What's he? 
And so I look, the headphones are, are plugged into a biscuit, a biscuit. And I'm like, what is he, what's going on here? And so he's like, yeah, woo, rocking out. And I'm like, what's he listening to? He plugged the headphones into a Pillsbury biscuit. And then I said, uh, Sam, what, you can't hear anything out of that. And I'm like, what are you even doing? And he looked at me like I was crazy. I kind of started questioning myself. Maybe I am crazy. Maybe you can't hear music out of a Pillsbury biscuit. I, maybe I'm the crazy one. But it's the same thing when you go and say something that the word of God is clearly outlined for thousands of years and you tell that to somebody living in darkness. They look at you like you're crazy and you start to examine it. Well, maybe I am wrong. You're not wrong if you're in line with the Bible. And it's screwing families up. And so I want you to look at a verse here in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. If you're still with me, God bless you. I love you. Amen. I love you if you're not with me. I love everybody. You're good. All right? So um, one of Satan's ultimate goals in everything here is to destroy the family. The families have a big target on their back. And that's just the absolute truth of the matter. And uh, he sneaks in. He's sneaky. I, I was looking at uh, one of the uh, a, a big uh, group that came into notoriety over the last few years. It, it started off looking like, man, this is okay. They're going to bring about some change. This is good. But then I, I, I heard that their mission statement said that one of their goals was to disrupt the nuclear family. I'm like, nuclear family? What is it? I had to look up what that meant. Nuclear family means a married mom and dad with children. And I'm like, well, if your cause is this over here, how is a married mom and dad with children, why, how's that even on your radar? And so I don't just take things as hearsay. I looked it up myself, and that was straight up part of their mission statement is to disrupt the nuclear family. Why? Because Satan will sneak in through something that seems good and then cause damage through what, you, through what looked good. You ever heard the story of the Trojan horse, right? The Greeks wanted to take over the city of Troy, and, and, and they just couldn't figure out a way to do it. So what do they do? And, and, and it's a fictitious story, but it holds a real purpose here. They bring a giant gift to the gates of the city, this giant wooden horse. And then their army gets in the boats and sails, you know, sets back out. And, and the people of Troy, they come out and say, oh, wow, man, we thought they hated us, but it turns out, they really gave us a gift. So what do they do? They roll this giant horse into the city. They shut the gates. They didn't know that there were hidden soldiers inside of the wooden horse. It was a disguise. It was a trick that looked good. But as soon as night fell, they all went back to their houses, and all these soldiers come out of the horse. The army comes back in, and they open the gate, and they destroy the city. They take everything that was precious to these people. And sometimes Satan comes in through something like, oh, this, this, this look. I know everyone says it's dangerous, but no, this, it looks good. Let's go with it. And then we let the enemy ride in to our lives. And what happens next? Destruction. Satan's very clever at disguising himself as something that looks good. Well, I don't believe that, Pastor Dave. Hey, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, check this out. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 14 to 15, Paul said, But I am not surprised even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Even Satan will come in 
and disguise himself as an angel of light. Verse 15, so it's no wonder that his servants, who are his servants? Well, it's demons and, and it's very wicked people. His servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. Well, again, another inspirational verse that just makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. But it's the truth of the matter that Satan, if we are not in tune with God's word, if we had not made God's word the absolute priority and foundation of our lives, we are susceptible to fall for things that we would not have fallen for. And so one thing that I've always heard and that I've always learned is, check it out. If you're working at a bank, they don't want you to fall for counterfeit money. So what do they do? They don't have you just study counterfeit and the wrong thing all the time. They have you get so familiar with real money that when something false comes across, you instantly, oh, wait, that don't feel right. That, that's wrong. It could look right. It could smell right. And if you're weird, it could taste right. But, you know, whatever you do to what. Uh, uh, but, but, but if you're so familiar with what the real thing is, you find out right away, like, man, you identify this ain't right. And so how is it that we protect our families? How is it that we, that, that we block ourselves from the enemy sneaking in on us? You become so familiar with the real thing that when a Trojan horse shows up, when something shows up, they're like, well, that looks good, but it doesn't line up with the word of God. So it's wrong. You've got to protect your family. I'm telling you that right now. Ephesians 6, 11, real quick, then we're going to get on to our next thing. Ephesians 6, verse 11. I'm going to look at this in the New King James. Well, what's the goal of all this? The goal is to protect your family. The only thing I know to protect your family is the word of God. And it works. And it's worked for thousands of years. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. And we're looking at the New King James. Ephesians 6, verse 11, Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. Well, why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, what's wiles? We don't use that word too much. Wiles is like wily coyote, if you ever watched the Roadrunner and the Looney Tunes back in the day. He was not fast enough or strong enough to straight take over the roadrunner, so we had to use wiles, which means tricks and deception to get him. Satan, in and of himself, is not powerful enough to just come in and mow you down. So what's he got to do? He's got to resort to deception and tricks and wiles to try to sneak his way into your life and then do what he really came to do. If the devil just knocked on your door... And his red jumpsuit and his pitchfork and his horns. And he's like, hey, I'm the devil and I'm here to mess you up. But, uh, no, you'd close the door. But what if he came in through a rotten movie that bred lust into your mind and, and caused you to start thinking perverse thoughts? What if he just snuck in that way? What if he came in and, 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 and got you to start fighting uh, with your wife or with your husband and thinking that, you know, I know what my trouble is. It's her. It's not your trouble. She's your gift from God. You got to tend to a gift, right? You got you to make this thing work sometimes, but check it out. She is not your problem. 
What if the devil came in through some other way? And, 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 what, and, and what, if, what if he didn't knock on the door with his pitchfork? But what if, what if he presented somehow a job opportunity that, oh, my gosh, this pays $10 an hour more? I don't know what to do. Uh, my schedule is this, so I can never be at church anymore. Uh, I won't see the kids anymore. But, my gosh, $10 an hour. I don't know what to do. Is that really even a question? Your family is for sale for $10 an hour? Dear God, no wonder we've got issues on our hands. Your faith life and your church life is for sale for $10 an hour? No, there's no price in this world that my family is for sale for. I'd figure something else out. I'd be a farmer in Barstow before (laughs) before I relied on that. Check it out. I'm saying it would be hard, but I am not going to sell my family for $10 an hour. Don't even think about that. So how is it that the devil comes into our lives? He sneaks, he deceives, he's deceptive, and he tries to come in, and and, and, and because he can't just knock on the door and walk right in. You catch him right away. He sneaks his way in. And so how do you beat it? With the word of God, and Ephesians 6 says, you put on the armor of God that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. And so what I'm saying today is this. Number one, it seems evil to the world around you. To serve God. They think that it's wrong and it's hateful and it's evil. And you're just living out your beliefs in the Bible. And then number two is this. You got to choose whom you will serve. Choose whom you will serve. And I'm breaking this from Joshua 24, 15. Joshua 24, 15. Remember it says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. You have to choose. Every single one of us, we're faced with decisions every day, all day long. Have you noticed that? You got decision after decision after decision. When I was a little kid, I thought it'd be so cool to be an adult. And I'm like, my gosh, if I could just go back to second grade and eat paste, color on people's walls with crowns. My God, that was the dream. Love that stuff, man. Come on. And, and, and now you got to face real things and real real decisions every single day. And some of the things that we got to choose on are big decisions. Some things are small. Some things it doesn't matter if you have an opinion or a choice. Some things it really matters if you have an opinion or a choice. There are some things you can remain neutral on. But I'm telling you right now, there is one thing that you can't remain neutral on. You have to make a choice. And that is the choice about Jesus and parents, grandparents, adults in here. You've really got to make a choice about where your family stands with the Bible and on the word of God. Well, I don't want to. No, the scripture says, choose today who you will serve. Well, that was Joshua. Well, what if I told you that Moses said the exact same thing in Deuteronomy chapter 30? Let's flip over there. Deuteronomy chapter 30. You have to make a choice about the Bible, and you have to make a choice about being a Christian. You can be neutral on, you know, well, I, well, I don't want to eat here, or I don't, you know, I don't like that show. Whatever, who cares? You're neutral. What? Who cares? But you can't be neutral on your decision about Jesus. And so I like what Billy Graham said. He said, "By not making a decision on Jesus, you've made your decision, and your decision was no." If you're like, well, I'll decide on that someday, then you've, you've, you've already decided. You've chosen. You chose no. 
and that you're allowed to make that choice. You are not required. God does not force anybody to do anything. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, Moses told the people of Israel, today I have given you the what? The choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. He said, I have given you today the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. But notice he uses the same word that Joshua used. Today, I've given you the choice. I'm not saying, well, make up your mind next year when it's more convenient, when you're in a better financial decision, when you maybe don't have so much stress. Choose today who you will serve. And here's a hint. Choose life. Well, how do I choose life? Well, Jesus rolled up in the book of John and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you choose Jesus, you have chose life. Amen? And so, come on, I hear that back there. Yeah. All right? And so what I want to shout out to is the dads right now. The dads right now. And it's so important, the role that dads play in shaping their children's faith. Now, I'm going to read some stats here, but... But check it out. I am so happy and so proud as I look around this church that we have so many men in here. That's awesome. And that's honestly, that's kind of rare. And, uh, and, and, and so I love that we have a church full of men. We have men here that have got their children with them and their wives. And that is a beautiful thing. We got single dads here. And in, you know, most churches you go to, you see lots and lots of single moms and, uh, and, and, and we've got that too. And that's great. But we also have single dads at this church that at least they bring their kids on their own. And that's a very rare thing. Uh, you see when a, when a mom is the first one in the family to come to Christ and go to church, only 17% of the time will the kids follow and stick with it. When a dad is the one that comes to the faith and starts bringing the kids to the church, 93% of the time they stick with it. It's incredible to me. And I've verified these stats over and over again. And, hey, I've been raised in the church for 36 years, so I've seen a thing or two in this time, and it's just incredible to me that so often men leave the spiritual raising of the kids. Oh, that's her job. That's not. That, that, that's both of your job. And the dad has to take an active role in the faith of the kids. And, uh, and this is just an interest to me that nine, and I looked, I even verified this again this morning. The last stat ran on this was on December 25th, 2021. Fresh stats here that 93% of all people incarcerated are men, okay? And 85% of those incarcerated people either had no relationship or a really poor relationship with their dad. Like men, Come on, the gift that we have. That's why in 2022 and beyond, it's so important to me that we help families out. We've got to see men know how to be dads and husbands. We've got to see moms know how to be moms and know that it's not hopeless. We've got a church full of <clears throat> tons and tons of young moms with, with little preschoolers, and, and I hear your prayer request all the time, and I know it's really hard to have a house full of little kids. 
I, it is, and I'm not even making light of that. We've got so many of you that go to this church. That's probably our biggest demographic is these young moms that have little kids. And I know it seems like you can't see through the fog right now. We want to help you, and we're going to give you resources in 22 to bring you some light, to bring you that there is hope, okay? You're not alone. The typical U.S. congregation draws an adult crowd that's 61% female, 39% male. That's incredible. 61% female, 39% male. On any given Sunday in the U.S., there's 13 million more adult women that go to church than men. And in Europe, it's even worse. It's a nine-to-one gap between men and women overseas. And I'm like, man. So why, why again, why are you saying all this stuff today? What, what does this have to do with me? I'm talking about we can change some things in your family, in the next generation of your family. Because notice that Moses said, oh, that you would choose life that you and your descendants might live. Your choice right now about your faith and about Jesus will have a monumental impact on your children and grandchildren. It's huge what you decide right now, moms and dads, and I really, really think it's important for dads to understand this. And again, we've got a fabulous church full of dads, and so I think we kind of buck some of these statistics in a lot of ways, but it is super important that we take our role and our position seriously. And as we make a choice, okay, because my prayer is 2022, I want to serve Jesus like I have never served him before. I mean, no holds barred, everything goes, let's give him everything in this year. But I'm also not stupid, and I realize it's one thing on January 1st to say, yeah, Jesus all the way, baby. It's going to take sacrifice. I'm going to have to say no to some things I used to say yes to and say yes to some things that I used to say no to. I'm going to have to lay some things down. I'm going to have to crucify the flesh. And if I want more of Jesus, I'm going to have to do a little bit less of me. And a lot of people, they like the, yeah, more Jesus. That means better health. That means probably better finances. That means more peace, more joy. Okay, if you're going to get that, why don't you lay down some of this? Whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes, preacher. Come on now. I I want the blessings, but I wasn't talking about giving up anything. I was just, I just want the good stuff. Well, listen, to get some of the good stuff, you're going to have to let go of some of the bad stuff. Right? Quit cussing. Quit being mean. Come on. Quit, Quit judging everybody else. Quit. I mean, seriously. If you want some more of the blessing of God, you're going to have to let go of some of the stuff that's been blocking it in your life. Choose today who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And it will affect your children and your grandchildren. My dad chose to break away from the alcoholism that plagued the Samples family for generations. This is the first guy in the family for a long time that uh, didn't raise kids outside of the bar, yes, he grew up, but raised kids in church and with the Bible. Now, have we been a perfect family? No. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. No, I mean, when you got brothers like this guy in the front row, it is, well, I'm just keeping it real. You guys want transparency. <laughs> no, I've got good brothers. 
But at the same time, not a perfect family, not a family that we've had struggles, we've had battles, we've had storms, we've had days of not liking each other, but we knew how to handle it, and we didn't split, right? First first in the samples family that didn't turn to, to the bottle for help, but turned to the Bible for help, and it's paid dividends, and it's been wonderful, but I remember... You know, what I'm, what I'm coming to is this. I'm so grateful that, that my dad got a hold of Jesus and walked away from all that mess. Because I've seen a lot of my relatives that it's, it's not a pretty picture, and I feel bad about it. And I, you know, and then when you say something, they think you're judging them. And I'm, like, I'm not judging. I want to help you, man. I don't want you to be destroyed anymore. But it all comes to this. I remember as a little kid, before my dad was even a pastor, he was a truck driver full time. And I remember so many mornings, he would have us kids in the living room, and and uh, and 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 he would teach us these these Bible stories, man, from the Old Testament, from the New Testament. I remember these, you know, hearing about Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. I remember hearing all these stories that I was taught as a just a little kid. And and as I look back, I'm like, you know what? There's yeah, there's been struggles, there's been hard times. I've been tempted to walk away. I've been all this stuff, but. Because of the foundation that was laid as a child, it's been there. And, 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 and the storms have come, but it's never fully blown the house down. It's shaken the house, but the house has stood firm. And I was thinking, man, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got three degrees from three different Bible colleges, and so I know some theology, I know some doctrine, but as I look back from all that, I'm like, you know what? Hold on. My worldview... And my theological views don't come from the colleges, honest to God. Where my worldview came from was on a couch in a house trailer, a mobile home, in a little tiny redneck town called Paragon, Indiana, (laughs) and Martinsville, Indiana. And my dad opening up a Bible and just teaching us these stories and even teaching us these little songs that we laugh at now. And Father Abraham, all this stuff. And, and, And that's where I view the world through the Bible now, not through what CNN or Fox News or or what Instagram tells me what filter I should. It really looks like this, but you put a filter on it, it looks prettier. No, I don't want to filter. I want to see things through the filter and the lens of God's word. And so it all comes down to this. Parents, listen, let's just get real. Let's let's not play patty cake here. Let's not, and not just parents, grandparents, everybody in here, check it out. It's one thing to make a New Year's resolution that, you know, we're just going to give it all to Jesus. That's cute. That's fun. But let's get real. Are we just saying that? Or are you willing to make a little sacrifice this year and say, you know what? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Those kids aren't going to hell. Those kids are not going to grow up and become addicted. Those kids are not going to go out there and hit this and do that. And do, No, we will serve the Lord. Yeah, but your neighbor, I'm not talking about the neighbor. Yeah, but your cousin, I'm not talking about your cousin. Yeah, but everybody, I'm not talking about everybody. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. You can do you, and we are going to do the Jesus thing, and we're going to do it now more than we've ever done it before. And so I encourage you, man, yes, 
people will lie to you like, oh, you know, just say a prayer and you don't got to give anything up. No, when you come to Jesus, there's some things you give up. Let's get real. He said, hey, narrow is the way to life. Broad is the way to hell. I mean, that, you don't got to use to do what you want to do. But let's get real. If you're going to really live the Christian life, if you're going to really have that rock solid foundation, there's some sacrifice involved. There are some things that you give up. But there's some wonderful things that you add. You can give up drunken headaches and depression and welcome in the peace that surpasses all understanding. You can welcome in the joy of the Lord, which will be your strength in really hard times. You can welcome in uh, just the love of God, uh, the, the, the presence of God into your family. And Psalms tells us that that presence is a fortress. It's a fort. It's a refuge. It's a strong tower for your home and for your family. But there's some things that we, you know what? I don't need it anymore. I don't, I don't need this. I don't need that to get my fulfillment. I've got Jesus. I've got my family. That's all I need right there. And so it's a time to think about that stuff. Can we stand up together this morning? Praise God. I pray you've received from the word of God today. What we're going to do, we, we just took communion on Wednesday night. Those of you that were here for that, we closed out 21 with communion. But what I want to do is open up 2022 with communion, because as we come to the Lord's table here, as we take the Lord's supper, as we take communion, what are we doing? I'm going to take this as an opportunity to say, Jesus, I'm starting this with you. This is all about you. And if there's things from last year that need forgiven and washed away by the blood of the lamb, this is that time. If there's things that you want to make a commitment to Jesus right now, what a time to do it right here with the holy communion elements. And so to take communion here, you don't have to be a member of High Desert Word Center, whatever. You just need to be a member of the family of God. You do need to be a born again Christian to take communion. So I want to lead us in a prayer today. And maybe you're here and you're like, hey, uh, I've never really done this Jesus thing. Well, today's the day to turn that around and it can change in one minute. Or maybe you're here and like, yeah, yeah, I've heard this. I've done this. I've said a prayer a thousand times. That's fine. But some people, they do that and then they walk away from him. Now we know Jesus would never walk away from us, but some people do walk away from Jesus. And he's not sitting there ready to bash you over the head for coming home. He's like the father in that prodigal son story in the book of Luke where he's just waiting there. Hey, I'm waiting on you. I knew you were coming. My arms are open and they're not to smack you. They're to give you a hug, (laughs) right? What good parent would be mad when their kids return? They're happy. And so I want to pray for us today. And then if you're really, you know, part of the family of God, I want you to take communion with us and celebrate this holy time. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? Say this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died and that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. For the mistakes of 2021, give me a fresh start. I'm going to do things your way. This year, give me the strength. Give me the reminders. Give me the truth. 
even if I don't like it. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I hope that you meant that today. Amen. And if you're here and you prayed that, I need you to come and, and see us in a minute so we can know. And I want to hook you up with somebody to mentor you for the next month through Bible studies and text messages. It's called Spiritual Personal Trainer. But what I want to do right now is if we could come up and receive the communion elements, come get the communion bread, and then you can either go back to your seat or stand up here. That's fine. Just remain standing. All right, let's go. away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus oh just is that flow that makes me white as snow no other fountain no nothing but the blood of Jesus This I see, nothing but the blood of Jesus for my cleansing. This I plead, nothing but the blood of Jesus. is that flow that makes me white as snow no other fountain no nothing but the blood of Jesus hallelujah I love that song because it's right Nothing else could wash away our sins. Money can't do it. Doing a bunch of really good deeds can't wash away your sins. That's a nice thing to do. Going to church every Sunday is a great thing to do, but that's not what washes away your sins. The blood of Jesus washes away your sins. And so I want to share a verse with you this morning that I believe you need to hear. I just I sense that there's, I don't know, some... Some some people that are that they they've got they've heard all this today and you feel some guilt you feel weighed down that's not what this is about today is to help you First John one nine in the New King James First John one nine it says but if we confess our sins to Him what happens He gets really mad and just reminds us of it and rubs our face and no if we confess our sins to Him He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so as we start this new year, as we as we want to make things even better with the Lord, as we want to move, move on, man, from stuff that's already happened, 
we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. If you need to talk to Jesus for a minute, we're going to do that. Because 1 Corinthians 11 tells us before we take communion, every person is required to examine themselves and their own life. Well, I want to do that, but man, my wife, she's the one. No, no, no. Don't judge her. You judge you. Wives to husbands and, and so forth. Don't be thinking about somebody else's life right now. Think about your own life. Examine yourself. And if you need to confess something to the Lord, it's between you and God. I don't want to know what it is. You know, people come up and want to tell me things. I'm like, I don't need to know, man. If you're sorry, then tell God about it. But you don't got to confess nothing to me. It's Jesus that cleanses you from all unrighteousness. So let's take a minute here and examine our own lives as we begin a brand new year spiritually. And if you need to confess something to the Lord, do it. But then know this, if you've confessed it and forsaken it, leave it there, okay? 2021's up, just toss it back over there and leave it. Don't bring it in. It's gone. Don't feel guilt and shame and, and condemnation anymore. If you're really repentant, leave it behind you. It's over with. Jesus forgives you. But it's got to be sincere. And so let's take a minute this morning and do business with God, and then we'll take this communion together. First Corinthians 11, verse 23, the apostle Paul wrote, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. And so Jesus, we know that this bread, it symbolizes your body being broken and beaten. For us, when we should have been broken and beaten, you took it in your body. So we're going to do this today as a remembrance to you. Hallelujah. And the beating he took on our on his body provided healing for us. First Peter 2.24 says that by Jesus' stripes, by his wounds, you have been healed. His blood washed your sins away. His broken and beaten body provided a way for healing for you. Receive healing today if you need it. I've received healing just through taking communion.
And the next verses tell us, in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so, Jesus, we thank you for your blood that washes our sins away and paves the way to heaven for us so we can live with you and so we can be righteous and holy in your sight. We love you. We do this to remember you. Amen. Let's sing that hymn one more time here. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up here. And if you're here and you need prayer for anything at all, we want to pray for you. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need something else in your life. We want to pray for you today. So we're going to give just a minute here. Don't wait all day. If you need prayer for anything, we want you to come up and we want to pray with you and for you in the name of Jesus. And if you, uh, if you're good on that front, then just worship God for a few minutes. Amen. Is that flow that makes me white as snow? No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious. Is that flow that makes me white as snow? No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my right. 
righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as is that flow that makes me white as snow no other fountain no nothing but the blood of Jesus is that flow that makes me white as snow no other fountain no nothing but the blood of Jesus and this is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus, and this is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. We got some ministry going on here still, so we'll be reverent of that. But I, uh, just as we close things out, I remind you that you got to choose today whom you will serve. Don't put it off till next week. Don't put it off on somebody else. You own up to your responsibilities and you choose. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Amen. And, uh, and so I remind you that uh, tonight, we do have service tonight. We haven't had it the last couple of Sunday nights. But at 6 p.m., Mrs. Pastor is going to be teaching on So You Think You Have Faith is the title. And she's going to build our faith up and encourage us tonight at 6. There's warfare prayer at 5. And, I, again, let this be the year that you get closer to Jesus than you've ever been before. And that means a little sacrifice. That means uh, getting up a little earlier to read your Bible maybe. Maybe that means staying up a little bit later to pray, whatever it is. But to get something you've never had before 
you got to do something you've never done before. Amen. And so if you really want that relationship, if you want to be stronger than before, start doing some extra things to build your faith. Amen. Well, let's pray. And then we will speak some words of faith over Barstow. And then we will let you go today. Father, we thank you so much for what we've seen in your word today. And Lord, we know that your will and your desire is for us to have healthy families, God. And Lord, if we're here and we don't really have much of a family in the natural and in the blood around us, God, you have called us right here to be a part of the family of God, to be a part of this church family. And so Lord, as we approach this new year in the name of Jesus, this will be the best year we've ever had yet. And I thank you, Lord, you're going to use this church to bring healing, to bring hope to bring help to Barstow in Jesus mighty name. Thank you, Father, for your blessing on every household here. Lord, help us be awesome parents and grandparents. Help us be godly husbands and wives. Help us be an example to the rest of this community of what a good, healthy family looks like. And we know it'll draw people to the light. We love you. We praise you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, can somebody say amen today? All right, well, we're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow, and then you're dismissed to go get lunch, all right? right, Sound good? Fair deal? All right. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you tonight.